The Ad Contrarian Show is on the air. Hello, podcast world. This is Bob. It's The Ad Contrarian Show, Volume 2, Episode 9. I finally understand why online advertising doesn't build brands. For years I've been writing about a mystery that should perplex any clear-minded marketing person. The mystery is why online advertising seems to be incapable of building major consumer-facing brands. We've had 20 years of phenomenal growth of online advertising, and yet I have trouble coming up with one example of a major consumer-facing brand that was built by online advertising. I can think of no examples of beer, soda, cars, toothpaste, cookies, candy, fast food, sneakers, peanut butter, you get the picture, that were built by online advertising. There are some who would argue that there are some very big web-native brands that have been built by online advertising, like Amazon, Netflix, Google, and Facebook. I'm not so sure that advertising played a significant role in the building of any of those brands. But let's leave that argument for another day and just talk about brands that are not web native, which probably constitutes about 95% of the brands in the world. So the question is, what's the problem with online advertising that has rendered it ineffective at advertising's most important job, building a brand? For years, I've fumbled around trying to answer this question, but I've never really understood it. I've blamed an absence of creativity. I've blamed the fact that it's mostly direct response style advertising. But I've never really evolved a comprehensive theory of what the problem is. But someone else has, and that's our subject today. A few days ago, I received an email from Richard Schotten, who's a very smart guy and works at Manning Gottlieb OMD in London. Richard directed me to a piece from 2014 called Ads Don't Work That Way, by a guy named Kevin Simler on a blog called Melting Asphalt. Now, I'm going to do my best to summarize Simler's argument, but I urge you to read the piece in question, because his argument is much better and much more complete than my summary is going to be. Again, the name of the piece is Ads Don't Work That Way, and it's on a blog called Melting Asphalt. So Simler starts by quoting some standard explanations of how advertising works at brand building. Let's borrow some terminology from subatomic physics and call this the standard model. Here are some examples from the standard model. Quote, an ad succeeds at making us feel something, and that emotional response can have a profound effect on how we think and the choices we make, unquote. Or it works, quote, by creating positive associations between the advertised product and feelings like love, happiness, safety, sexual confidence. These associations grow and deepen over time, making us feel favorably disposed toward the product and ultimately more likely to buy it, unquote. Or, quote, advertising rarely succeeds through argument or calls to action. Instead, it creates positive memories and feelings that influence our behavior over time to encourage us to buy something at a later date, unquote. 
As Simler says, if Coke shows us enough images of people beaming with joy after drinking their product, we'll come to associate Coke with happiness, and then sometime later, we'll be more likely to purchase Coke. Simler is not happy with this argument. He says it portrays us as far less rational than we actually are. We may not conform to a model of perfect economic behavior, but neither are we puppets at the mercy of every Tom, Dick, and Harry with a billboard. We aren't that easily manipulated, he says. Instead, he offers an alternative view to the standard model that he calls cultural imprinting. Now, don't be turned off by the terminology. The theory underpinning cultural imprinting is that in some way, we all want to be part of what is culturally acceptable. As he says, brand images are part of the cultural landscape we inhabit. They provide cultural information. When we ignore brand messages, we're missing out on valuable cultural information and alienating ourselves from the zeitgeist. He says this puts us in danger of becoming outdated, unfashionable, or otherwise socially hapless. We become like the kid who wears his dad's suit to his first middle school dance. In other words, to some degree, we all strive for social acceptability. Of course, this is not new thinking. When I first started working in the advertising business a thousand years ago, we used to call products that were most responsive to advertising necktie products. In other words, products that are used or consumed in public and are visible to others. Why are products like beer, soda, and cars so responsive to advertising? Because these products are visible, and whether we like to admit it or not, we want to be socially acceptable. Okay, so what does all this have to do with the online advertising problem? Here's the connection I've been missing. In Simler's words, quote, Cultural imprinting relies on the principle of common knowledge. For a fact to be common knowledge among a group, it's not enough for everyone to know it. Everyone must also know that everyone else knows it. In other words, part of our purchasing calculation is not just our belief that this brand is acceptable, but our expectation that other people believe this brand is acceptable because they know what we know. Here's an example he uses. In the standard model, we see a Nike ad that makes an association between Nike and athletic excellence. Over time, we internalize this association and feel good about Nike. And when it comes time to buy some sneakers at some later date, we're more likely to buy Nikes. In the cultural imprinting model, it starts the same. At first, we see a Nike ad that makes an association between Nike and athletic excellence. But here's what's different. Over time, we realize that everyone else also associates Nike with athletic excellence. And when it comes time to buy shoes, we expect that people will think more highly of our knowledge or our ability at athletics if we buy Nike. This does not guarantee we'll buy Nike, but it makes the likelihood greater. So for an ad to work by cultural imprinting, it's not enough for it to be seen by a single person or even by many people individually. Everyone has to know that everyone knows. This is why search ads and banner ads are ineffective at cultural imprinting and accordingly 
at consumer brand building. As Simler says, everyone lives in his or her own little online bubble. When I see a Google search ad, I have no idea whether the rest of my peers have seen that ad or not. In a nutshell, this is why mass market advertising is demonstrably more effective at brand building than precision targeted, highly individualized, one-to-one online advertising. So for years I've known that online advertising has been mysteriously ineffective at brand building, and now I think I finally understand why. And the irony is that the person who connected the dots for me isn't a marketing or advertising person. He's a tech nerd, but I believe he understands marketing better than 99% of the so-called professionals currently working in the industry. Okay, that's it for today. Tune in again soon for another exciting episode of The Ad Contrarian Show.